Go ye, oh, no go ye kids. So you're in here tonight. And uh, take your Bibles and let's turn to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. And uh, tonight we are going to try to go through the last three sections, actually, of this psalm. Uh, I have entitled them the prayer of deliverance and uh, the resh and the prayer of peace and the shin and the tau, which is the last, is the prayer of my weakness. And it's amazing here, and uh, I believe that, uh, though I'm not going to be dogmatic, but I will just say it as a matter of fact during the sermon, I believe that uh, David is the author of Psalm 119. I believe it is his uh, life testimony that he he may, we have no real evidence, and may have worked on this at different times, but chances are this was something that David did toward the end of his life, and his whole life is reflected here, and we're not going to take time to do uh, the entire thing. We, we spent, uh, oh, I think it was uh, close to a year, maybe just a little over a year, going through Psalm 119 several years back. And uh, uh, we just want to look very summarily at these last three uh, sections as we are looking at the psalm. We start in the Resh, verse 153. Consider mine affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget thy law. Plead my cause and deliver me. Quicken me according to thy word. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they seek not thy statutes. Great are thy tender mercies, O Lord. Quicken me according to thy judgments. Many are my persecutors and mine enemies, yet do I not decline from thy testimonies. I beheld the transgressors and was grieved because they had kept not thy word. Consider how I love thy precepts. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy loving kindness. Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. And so this eight-verse section here He starts in the first half of these four verses. He is talking about the plight that he is in. He says, consider mine affliction, deliver me, plead my cause, quicken me or give me life. Uh, Then he says, salvation is far from the wicked because they seek not thy statutes. There is the contrast. Uh, David is not just throwing up his hands in despair and going, please, Lord, help me. Uh, He actually did that in the cough or the stanza just before. Uh, This is a statement that God is going to deliver him. His faith is in God, who is his protector. And, And his sorrow or his grief here is for those that do not trust In the word of God. Look at verse uh, 158. I beheld the transgressors and was grieved because they hurt me. That's not what it says. He said, I was grieved because the transgressors did not keep thy law. We, 
understand, we spend a lot of time in this church, in this book called the Bible. And I would hope and pray that those who have been here for years would understand uh, just what the Bible teaches and how that we need to live differently than the world in which we find ourselves. But we have to be very careful. The Pharisees were grieved because people didn't follow them. Our, our grief, our sorrow needs to be centered around the fact that people reject the only hope. This book is the only hope for sinful man. And when someone rejects this word, they reject all hope. And that's why you hear on the news all the time, there, there is no hope. We're all going to die. We're all going to be drowned because the ice sheet is melting. And, and uh, the, the simple fact is you study those things and nothing extraordinary is happening today that has not happened in the past. I keep wanting to remind you, Greenland. Why do they call it Greenland when 80% of the land surface is covered with a permanent sheet of ice? It used to be green. Back around 900 was the warmest temperatures that we know recorded in human history, much warmer than they are today. And there was farmland in Greenland. Someone was writing about this years ago and they said, why would you be upset about global warming? Invest in agriculture stocks in Alberta, Canada, and Manitoba, and uh, Yukon Territory, because all of that land will now be able to be tillable. I'm sitting here going, wow. How come other people weren't thinking about these things? It's because that's not their agenda. And we have to understand verse 57, I mean 156, he says, Great are thy tender mercies. Quicken thou me according to thy... What's that word there? Wait a minute. I thought the law of God was just a bunch of do's and don'ts. Uh, Yeah, it is. But if you do the do's and don't the don'ts, guess what happened? You're going to find life in God, and you're going to find a much better life in the path you walk in. When you're obedient to Christ, it is the key to what everybody seeks. You know, I I wish I had a dollar for every person I met. I just want to live a good life. Get started. How many would say amen to that? You found that to be true. And that's what David is saying here in this first section. And he says in verse um, 157, Many are my persecutors and my enemies. Yet do I not decline from thy testimonies. When we went through... uh, Section uh, uh, verse 89 through 96. The only protection from this crazy world in which we live. 
the only protection from those people who would hurt us and do harm to those that are Christians. And do not believe for a second that there are not people who wish physical harm to believers in Jesus Christ. Um, what uh, what happened when the, I mean these these and and some of it's related to the politics here. I guess uh, the Palin Sarah Palin and her husband filed for divorce. And, and what is the news media saying? Hope you get a nice divorce. I hope it hurts. I mean, where does that kind of stuff come from? It comes from an underlying rejection of what's in this book called the Bible. And if we start paying attention to what is all out there and stop paying attention to what is in here, guess where we're going to end up? In a place no Christian belongs. And so the psalmist here is is praying for deliverance here. It's according to God's tender mercies, but... He says, give me life according to thy judgments. Uh, Verse 159, consider how I love thy precepts. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy loving kindness. Now, here's what he's saying. I love God's laws. Precepts are his guiding uh, direction for our life. His commandments, the, the things that regulate how we, uh, how we live. God's, uh, the, David is saying here, I love these things. And, and so, Lord, I know that you're going to give me life according to your loving kindness. You see, none of us are perfect. Amen? We, we do not do right. But if there's a time and a place where God really considers the heart direction, it's right here. He knows we're going to fail. But when we turn our heart into His Word, we can trust, as the psalmist here says, with assurance that God will give us life to keep working. That's why Solomon said, um, the just man falleth seven times and riseth again. I think it's just, I can't remember. Uh, But the point is, the servant of God will keep getting up. Why? Because of his loving kindness giving me life. And then the last verse here says, Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. If you want something to hold on to, if you want something that will keep you from getting moved, uh, well, I will tell you, um, uh, Tuesday was one of the Baptist church planners meeting. It was a small rural town way up New York State. And as we were driving up there, we, we just passed church after church after church. And, and when we got there, the church was meeting in an old pool hall. And uh, they were uh, the man had actually bought it with his own money and trying to renovate it there, the pastor of that church, and long way to go. And uh, 
And yet they were talking at lunch about how that someone had bought this church building over here and was using it for an apartment, for a house. How that somebody bought this one over here and was doing this with it. And, and I mean, people, uh, church after church, it was closed. You know why? Because they left the eternality of God and His Word. All you have to do to make it to the end. What did Jesus say? He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. you know how that works? Is you get saved, and because Jesus is the one that saved you, He's going to make you endure to the end. And the psalmist is just saying here, listen, God's Word, it's forever, and all we have to do is grab a hold of it. And so His prayer of deliverance here is thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. Now we get to the next section. Princes have persecuted me without a cause, verse 161, but my heart standeth in awe of thy word. Now, do you get that? When he's talking about princes, he's talking about people with power, and authority. I mean, it's one thing for someone who uh, is just an ordinary nobody to attack and, and, and say things, but when someone who is a prince, someone who has power, someone who has authority to lead others starts leading the attack against you, you could be in a lot of trouble. It's no longer just one-on-one. Now it's a whole group, the people that are under the authority of this prince are after, and David is saying, they, they have persecuted me without a cause. And it wasn't just a small thing. This was huge. This was real. He says, but here's what I was doing. As they were coming at me, I was in awe of thy word. Now we use that Word awesome today, awesome hot dogs and pizza and all of that. But the idea here is you can't say anything else. Oh, wow. Speechless. David said, I am so wrapped up in your word. While I am being persecuted... I'm not paying attention to the persecutors. If you remember before, uh, back in verse 92, it says, Unless thy law had been my delights, I should then have perished in my affliction. He's saying the same thing, just a little differently here. He says, I rejoice that thy word is one that findeth great spoil. I mean... What would you think? Uh, what was it? Uh, some little kid, they was walking along a beach or, or something, and he found a shark tooth. It was about this big. He said, that's weird. And he picked it up, took it in, found out it was a fossilized remnant of some prehistoric shark, and it's worth about $10,000 or something like that. Now, that'd be pretty cool just to be walking along, kicking the stones over and find a $10,000 shark tooth 
Yeah, you say, wow, that's neat. Well, David said, listen, I rejoice in thy word as one that findeth great spoil, as one that diggeth up a hidden treasure that no one knew of. And we have at our disposal the complete treasury of God's love recorded for us in this book called the Bible. When's the last time you got excited about something the Bible said? When did you find some verse in the Bible where God answered your question and gave you confidence in His Word? The next one is, I hate and abhor lying, but thy law do I love. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. Now, this is the context for verse 165. Great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. I don't know about you, but uh, most of us are in that offendable category way too often. Uh, we, we get upset about things. And here it says, the key to being one of those people that's not ruffled by the world is to love his law. Lord, I have hope for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies for all my ways are before thee. This, I believe, is just simply a prayer of peace. He's simply saying, Right in the middle is the center of this strophe. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. He said, they were attacking me. I stood in awe of thy word. They were trying to hurt me. They were trying to do things. He said, I rejoiced in God's word as, as finding great spoil or hidden treasure. He hates lying, but he loves God's law. And why does the word seven appear in here? Simply because that, that's the complete. you got seven days in a week, seven spirits of God. David says, I spend all day praising you because I find new things continually. When's, when, stop and think, when is the last time? If you're go, I hope and pray that you're working on your Bible reading schedule, at least the one we have here or something even more would not... Hurt you a bit, but when is the last time in your regular Bible reading that you found something that helped you? And then he says, I've hoped for thy salvation. I've done thy commandments. I'm living my life in the direction that God wants me to walk. I have confidence of God's peace and deliverance in my life. And then we move into this last section here. And let's just read read this. This is the capstone. This is the summary of the entire psalm. He says, Let my cry come near before thee, O Lord. Give me understanding according to thy word. Let my supplication come before thee. Deliver me according to thy word. My lips shall utter praise when thou hast taught me thy statutes. 
My tongue shall speak of thy word, for all thy commandments are righteousness. Let thy hand help me, for I have chosen thy precepts. I have longed for thy salvation, O Lord, and thy law is my delight. Let my soul live, and it shall praise thee, and let thy judgments help me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant, for I do not forget thy commandments. Now, I I don't want to take time to take apart every verse here. But do you see the overriding thought? He said, every good thing in my life is about God's Word. Do you want to not be deceived by the deceivers that are in this world? Get this book in your mind and in your heart, and the deceivers can't deceive you. This is one of the reasons we believe in the pre-tribulational rapture of the church. Because if the Antichrist were to show up today... What is everyone in this church going to be doing? That's not Jesus. That's the Antichrist. Right here's the verse in the reference that talks about him. But the Bible says that all people are going to be given under his sway. That's why we're not going to be here. Jesus has to take us out. He is going to keep us from the wrath to come, deliver us, as it says in the book of Thessalonians. But I'll tell you what, I want to understand things according to his words. Let my supplications come before thee. That's why we have a prayer meeting. But God is going to give us an answer according to his word. Amen. My lips shall utter praise when thou hast taught me thy statutes. This is the summary of David's life. Have you walked along with God far enough in your Christian life that you're able to turn around and say, Wow, I I just did what the Bible said and and it worked. It protected me. God kept me. I'll tell you, it's a wonderful time. I remember when we were trying to buy this building, and there were some very dear friends and preachers I looked up to a lot, and and they were like, "I don't know about this, Pete. I don't." And and I would come back to our little church, and they said, "Oh, we just know God's going to do it." And I'm standing there behind the pulpit saying, "That's easy for you to believe." Uh, I'm getting all this discouragement from these pastors, and and uh, yet, you know what? God worked every single thing out. Because you know what we did? We just grabbed a hold of God's Word. And we didn't have to have one cake sale, uh, spaghetti dinner. Uh, believe me, I had, I had people call, call me up. I had one uh, lady from Brooklyn call me three or four times and said, Listen, I'll just organize this church dinner and we can charge $25 a person and, and, and we'll, we'll make uh, a lot of money for your building. And I'm sitting there doing the math and uh, that's not going to make a lot of money. 
I, I went to one service at Southwest Baptist Church. And Brother Sam actually introduced us and let me give a five-minute testimony. And then he said, who's going to help this guy? And they raised $44,000 for us in ten minutes. Now, that's God's way of doing things. And when God does things, what do you do? But that's kind of small potatoes to what happened for Union Baptist Church at the church planners meeting in $143,000 in one service. You sit there and go, boy, I wish I was smart enough that, no, I don't want to take credit for this. This is God doing his work because we grab a hold of his word. And when you finally have understood enough about his word to be obedient and receive the blessings, what do you do? My lips shall utter praise when thou hast taught me thy statutes. My tongue shall speak thy word. For all thy commandments are righteousness. I'm sorry. Let thy hand help me, for I have chosen thy precepts. We dealt with this little bit right there at the, uh, with the Lord's Supper as we went through this. Let thy hand help me, for I have chosen thy precepts. Hey, we need, as believers in Christ, we need the Holy Spirit in us to empower us and give us the ability to perform our part in the body of Christ. You know, that was one of the disciples' mistakes. Jesus told them. He said, uh, let's go to the other side. And they were like, yeah, we can handle this. We've done this all the time. Jesus, we're the guys that know the boat. You just... Jesus took a nap. And what were they doing before the night was over? Don't you care? We're going to die. That's what they were doing. The boat was full of water. The storm was there. The disciples could not even take the boat across the lake without Jesus' help. Oh, that we could learn to live that way. Dependent on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here's David. Like I said, if, if this indeed is his psalm, if this is the psalm of his life, this is not the beginning of his life. This is the end of his life. And what is he saying? I, I still need that help. God, please keep me in the way. I, I have chosen thy precepts. I have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, we might say today. But there's a lot of living between here and eternity. And God, I want to live for you the way you want me to live for you. I have longed for thy salvation, O Lord, and thy law is my delight. I've been around a lot of older preachers in my life, and I am so thankful for the time that I've been able to spend with men that have given their whole lives for service. Now, I'll tell you one thing I've noticed about all of them. They start contemplating this thing of eternity. And you can just kind of see it in their eyes and hear it in their voice. It's like, you know, there's just a part of me that can't wait till I get to heaven. Younger preachers were 
trying to get something done for God. Well, I'll tell you what. Here's, here's what David said. I have longed for thy salvation. The end of his life, he said, I'm, I'm waiting to take that next step out into eternity. What did the Apostle Paul say? He said, I, I'm ready. I've kept the fight. I mean, I kept the faith. I have fought the good fight. He said, I am ready to step into eternity. Working in nursing home, I had the opportunity, I, I guess you would call it that, I had the duty to be there and to watch people as they pass from this life into the next. And uh, that wasn't always a pleasant experience. But I will tell you, I, I did have the privilege of working in a nursing home where some of the people there, and it was run by Christians, and and was uh, took care of an old preacher one time. And I mean, he was in his... Uh, early 90s 30 years ago and uh, 35 years ago and uh, I walked in the room as he took his last breath and that next breath he was breathing in glory I'll tell you I long for his salvation because we have walked the right road. Let my soul live. God, I, I'm ready to go. This is what Paul said. But if I'm going to live, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And it shall praise thee. What's that next phrase? Let my soul live. He said, I'm ready to die. I'm ready to go to heaven. Because I've chosen the right path. Thy law is my delight. But Lord, if you let my soul live... It's going to praise you. And what's that last phrase? And let thy judgments help me. You never, ever get too old to need the law of God. Amen? And then that last verse. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant, for I do not forget thy commandments. Isn't that a rather unusual ending to all of these things that he has said in the psalm? But is that not the best that we could ever hope to attain to in this life? You know, the world keeps talking about being this and being that and being the smartest man in the room and all of that stuff. I'll tell you what, I've had enough of that smartest man in the room stuff because most of the smartest men in the room are crooks. I'll tell you what I want to do is I want to understand that I'm not doing all I can for the Lord. That's what David's saying. He said, Lord, seek thy servant. Lord, I want, I want you to be 
grabbing a hold of me. I mean, how did Paul put it in Philippians chapter 3? He said, I want to apprehend that for which I am apprehended of Christ. David is saying here, seek me, look for me, keep an eye on me. Not because I'm doing bad things when nobody's looking. He says, I do not forget thy commandments. Um, Thy commandments are my delight. He said, they're like great spoil. And the one before this, all of these things, great, perfect, uh, great peace. Have they that love thy law and nothing shall offend them. All of these wonderful promises here. But when he ends it, he says this. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. I don't have enough sense to know the way that I should walk. He said, Lord, keep an eye on me. Keep your eye on me. Like that shepherd with the staff. You know, that, that staff had, had many purposes. It was there to kill the snakes, but it was also to give that little sheep that was out of the way a good little knock on the head or in the hind quarters uh, to move it into the right path. I do not forget thy commandments. You know, most of the time, we know what's right. The question is, did you do it? Uh, Well, then, Lord, I've gone astray like a lost sheep. Will you seek me? Will you keep me in the way? I know what's right. But I've got this human nature. I've got this sin nature that was born in me. I was... Born in the image of Adam, not in the image of God that I was created in because of sin. I'm longing to go home. But Lord, if you let me live, I want this life to praise you. Not because of me and how smart I am, but because of you and how good you are. That's Psalm 119. And we just need to be challenged. A prayer of deliverance. If, if you're going to get through life alive, only God is going to do it. Amen? How many of you could use a little more peace in this world? A little less offense. Oh, well then, let's get into this prayer of deliverance here. Prayer of peace. And, and if we're going to finish our course, if we're going to serve the Lord, we need to understand that it's His words, His words, His judgments, His law, His seeking me, His hand that reaches out and keeps me in the way. It's all because of Jesus. And all God's people said,